You're fat. You're so drink anyone. Maybe if you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a party. party. You're the Chargers. I'm not going to be a party. I'm not going to be a party. I'm not going to be a party. Hello there, I'm Erin and you're tuning in to You're Such a Catch and this is your weekly wellness check. (laughs) How's everyone doing? Oh my goodness, I am going to be honest. I have good days and I have not so good days. Anybody else with me? I'm just doing my best, you know, to focus on the positive, to find the silver lining in each and every day, but I am so mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted. And I don't get it. (laughs) I'm not sure why, but maybe you can relate. I don't know. So, but you guys know me. I'm not one to dwell on the negative, so I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to give you my top five highlights from last week, not in any particular order. So, over the weekend, I got a text and it was from Aaron and his husband, Josh, and they decided that they were going a little stir crazy. So they were going to do a little joy ride and visit some of us, of course, from six feet away. So yes, it was amazing how silly that something so simple could just be so uplifting, but it was. And I think I got the royal treatment because I was the last stop on the list and they were hungry by then. So they actually brought me food. So it was like getting Uber Eats. And I've only eaten out twice during this whole quarantine. So once um, last week in which I told you about the In-N-Out Burger, shh. And um, <laughs> this weekend when they when they brought food over, but oh my gosh, so it was so fun. So I decided on a whim. I was busy. I was I was actually tuning into there was an independent podcast conference going on and I had been tuning into that all morning. I was getting my my ride in on the Peloton and the boys said they were headed my way, so I took a quick shower and I had an epiphany. I thought, "Oh my gosh, you know, so we go to the Red Dress Run every single year and it's like the highlight of the summer and it's during Aaron and Josh's birthday." So we unfortunately won't be able to go this year, most likely because New Orleans got hit so hard. But I thought, well, hell, I will bring New Orleans to Redonto. (laughs) So (laughs) I dug into my clean closet, found my red dress from last year, put that puppy on, lysoled some beads because, of course, in New Orleans, all we do is throw beads. We never run, you guys. We don't run. Like, it's the red dress run. There's no running happening on our behalf. So we just throw beads from the balcony and have ridiculous signs that say, show us your for some beats. So anyways, I made a sign that said, show me your teepee um, when the boys pulled up. So I hung that over the balcony and yeah, we just sat in the driveway six feet apart in our Tommy Bahama chairs and chatted about life and the new normal and reminisced of the past. And it was just amazing. I'll admit I got a little day drunk. I don't know. I'm a lightweight now, so I got to keep in training or else uh, the bars are going to be, you know, annoyed with me when when they reopen. (laughs) I've seen that meme. Maybe you have too. Another highlight of the week was 
I convinced Dion. Dion has his own podcast, Off the Beaten Podcast, um, in Chicago. And I convinced Dion to attend Cora Boyd. So if you remember Cora, she was on the podcast a few weeks ago. I convinced him to attend her virtual quarantine house party. Mind you, there were a few different rooms we could dial into, right? So we don't remember what they all were because we only made it to two. There was a truth or dare room, which we started off in, quickly realized that everybody kind of knew each other and we weren't really conversating. So we popped on over to the dance party room and... Yeah, we were like one of the first people into this room and we just FaceTime during this live DJ's set and we ended up dancing for like three hours. Dion put on his onesie. Um, I was dressed up like Maria Vamanos. Um, I was wearing my my Moomoo um, that I got in Ensenada on the Chargers cruise and... Ah, it was so much fun. And then I just kept drinking and sending the link out to anybody and everybody. So Aaron joined for a while. He was a banana. Angel uh, dropped by. Yeah, I mean, Lindy, girl, she she showed up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we had an absolute blast. I will say it felt like I went out. I mean, at the end of the night, I really was craving Taco Bell, but it was like, no, Aaron. Don't give in to your cravings. So instead of, you know, having to call an Uber and then, you know, do that whole jazz, I just took the commute from my office downstairs to my bedroom upstairs. I did pass by the refrigerator and grabbed a string cheese. Don't judge me. And yeah, it was awesome. I woke up the next morning. I didn't have to like go find my purse, make sure my credit cards were in there, like make sure my phone was like on me. (laughs) It was amazing. And I'm sure it was a lot cheaper than if I had gone out. So yeah, so that was great. Highly recommend. Who knew you could have so much fun by yourself in a room just watching everybody on uh, the virtual whatever feed. So that was great. Fun fact, I also applied to be on the show love is blind season two yes <laughs> am i crazy have i lost my mind but no i loved the experiment i thought it was a great show i know people have mixed opinions about it i think you know going into it like for season two people know the expectation a little bit more um they obviously watch people go through the experience so there aren't really any surprises unless they add some sort of weird twist, which I'm not sure why they would do that. But yeah, I mean, why not? What do you have to lose, right? I mean, it's kind of what we're doing right now, dating in, you know, social distancing times, if you will. But we're not in pods. We can, you know, see people's profile pictures, but who knows if they're representing themselves correctly. So I don't know. I'm throwing my name in the hat. We'll see what happens. Netflix, if you're listening, Pick your girl up, okay? (laughs) So, yeah, I got to rely on my three references, too. So uh, they asked for three references, and I'm, like, warning all three, like, pick up your phone if it's an unknown number. No, just kidding. I went on a social distancing walk with my friend Katie. That was very nice. We walked down by the beach, uh, took a break during the day. I have been working like a mad woman. I don't know if anybody else can relate, but it has been a lot um, and not your normal like day-to-day. So it was great to take a little pause to connect with her from six feet away. And we just 
just kind of walked through the alleyways in Manhattan Beach, enjoyed the sunshine, and just kind of caught up, shared a couple laughs. Poor thing had to endure why I took a few work calls. But you know what? Like, it just was so nice to have that moment and to get that exercise in and yeah, just have a little bit of normalcy. And lastly, my highlight of the week, which some of you might think is a little bit crazy, is I locked myself out of my house. And you're probably wondering, like, if you're in self-quarantine, how do you lock yourself out of your own house? And that is a very good question. Now, I'm also going to disclose that my front door, the lock on it, is a keypad. Now, my brother did have to replace it for me because the one from the previous owners, for some reason, something was wrong with it. So we recently replaced it, and I never plugged in another code. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of inoperable in that regard. And here's what happened. I set out to go in the backyard, and I walked out the garage, and the lock was locked on the bottom of the of the handle and I didn't realize it. So I walked out, didn't realize the door shut behind me, um, came back in to get my sunglasses and then uh, was surprised to, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> to know I locked myself out. So anyways, thank God for the neighbor's boyfriend. So he came over with his ladder and propped it up against the balcony. And thankfully, I hadn't locked that upstairs door from when I had it open earlier in the day. So yes, oh my goodness. So those are my highlights. I'm sure I could find more. But yeah, you know, we have to find reasons to laugh right now, or we're going to lose it. <laughs> and maybe it's just me, you know, but I could have potentially already lost it. So that could have happened. You know, the unknown is just... It's hard to navigate, especially for those of us who are planners. And I'm not a real planner, but in a situation like this, you know, you want some sort of kind of guidance, right? But I think the most important thing that we have to remember is that we're all navigating these these unknown waters together. So as much as we're doing our part to social distance, you know, a reminder, it doesn't mean that we have to disconnect socially. And I think that's important too, because, you know, a lot of us live, you know, alone or, you know, are just kind of experiencing these different emotions. And it's important that we check in on each other and just, you know, like I said, start our conversation, wellness check, how are you doing? So last week, my guest Sloan, if you tuned in, um, she talked about now being the time. So rather than putting things off and, you know, not moving forward with our business or our dreams or our aspirations, really making, you know, best use of this time. So I just want to remind everyone, like, now is the time to put forth the work, to do the heavy lifting. So we have this gift of whether you want to call it extra time or repurpose time, but let's use it wisely. So I have a challenge for you. Today, you're going to hear from Evan Rose. She's a dating and relationship coach. She offers a free video workshop on her website called The Three Traps Keeping Empowered Career Babes from the Love-Filled Lives They Deserve. If you want to start making strides in your love life, maybe you start there. You know me, I'm always doing the homework, I'm always challenging myself, 
I'm always working on being the best version of me, so I took the course. (laughs) And I know without a shadow of a doubt, I want to come out of this thing. I want to come out of quarantine ready and raring to go. Come at me, bro. Let's date. Today I have on Evan Rose. I'm excited to speak with her. She is a dating and a love life coach. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, can you explain to us exactly what that is? Because everybody has a different take on dating and relationship coaching, but you kind of have a niche, right? Yeah, I support single millennial women. So I really work with women from the inside out is the way that I think about my coaching. So some people have an association with dating coaching that it's like hitch. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yes. As if I'm on dates with people telling them the, the tricks of how to whatever the pickup lines, or they think it's matchmaking, which it's definitely not, or they think it's relationship coaching, which for me, it really isn't. I, I sometimes work with clients who I supported when they were single and continue supporting them along their journey once they're in relationship. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, and I've thought about that a lot too because it doesn't really end after you find your your match, right? It kind of, in a weird way, starts all over. (laughs) You know, because it's like you're preparing yourself, you know, to be ready to present your best version of yourself out there, put your best version of yourself out there, and then you, you know, meet your potential, you know, significant other. And then it kind of introduces these whole other slew of things like communication style and making sure you're aligned and, you know, all of that. So I'm super excited to dive into that. One of the things that caught my attention on your website was kind of why I started this podcast. So I started this podcast because one day um, we were sitting around a bunch of girlfriends and and I and, and just talking about dating and kind of like our struggles and our woes. And I was kind of assessing the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, all of my friends are beautiful. They all are super successful. They all are career driven. They have things going for them, financially savvy. But there's one common denominator and it's that we're single. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and why? And so I noticed on your website, you have like one of the things that you kind of specifically coach to is women kind of dealing with those things, right? Like kind of have every aspect of their life lined up except for yeah. their love life. Mm-hmm. So walk me through how that became kind of a focus and then break it down. Like, you know, if if one of my friends or myself were to, you know, utilize your service, like kind of what you would take us through. Mm-hmm. So the way that I landed on on working with that specific demographic is exactly like you said, just through <laughs> having my own experiences and with my friendships. And then as I started coaching women one-on-one, I didn't have such a specific niche, but this mm-hmm. was just a theme that I saw was that there were all of these women who felt so confident and empowered in their careers and like they knew how to get shit done and, Mm -hmm. you know, carve out a whole path for themselves. And yet they were either totally putting their love lives on the back burner, Mm -hmm. whether that's because they were actually afraid to let themselves go there, whether that's because they truly just felt like they were so busy and overwhelmed with all the other life stuff that they'd get to it later. And then years and years went by, or they were dating like it was their job. Uh huh. And showing up on dates, interview style, where they weren't really connecting, they weren't really vulnerable, their hearts weren't really open, and they were just so frustrated that they were like going on date after date after date and not getting anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Totally relatable. I'm like thinking about myself in those situations right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a theme. There's there's a need for support here. And I, I also think uh, as one of those women myself, especially at one point before I started doing a lot of this transformational work, you know, in my own personal life, us empowered, capable, independent career women also tend to be the ones who are less comfortable asking for help. Ooh, yes, that is that is so true, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we can get it done ourselves. We're like, why do we need you? Totally, totally. And like, we'll we'll read a bunch of self help books and we'll collect little bits and pieces of information. And we also tend to be pretty self aware. Sometimes we even know what our patterns are, or how we're yep. getting in our own way. And there's actually a need for support sometimes, right? Like for someone right. to help us see our blind spots, help us kind of do the deep inner work, because it, it really mm-hmm. isn't just about like okay, if you just went on two more dates a month, you you know, it's kind of not that right. simple. And yeah, to have someone backing you and encouraging you and giving you tough love, but definitely a lot of love along the way. And then to have other women, most of the work that I do is inside of a group program, my signature oh, interesting. group program. Okay. Yeah. So I just, mm-hmm. are, are the women in the group, I'm assuming you work primarily with women, I think yeah. from, from reading on your website and also, you know, I've listened to uh, a couple of podcasts that you were on and also uh, read some articles that you were quoted on. I was, mm. I was very fascinated. I kind of went down a pattern you know, or, you know, <laughs> like a, a dark tunnel and I was like, oh, you know, but I, I find it all interesting and fascinating um, because I am not, you know, a dating or relationship expert to any means, but one of the things things I love is I have this platform now to, you know, chat with and interview and, you know, be inquisitive and ask these questions that, you know, my listeners want the answers to, but don't have, you know, that direct line of communication. And one of the things I also was very fascinated by is you, you spoke about, um, attachment styles. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you, can you kind of walk through that a little bit deeper? So attachment, attachment theory initially, um, the research was around parent children babies okay. even relationships so it's really about how babies and and young kids were receiving care and developing this style of how they attach to their caregivers, which falls into one of these categories, basically expresses if they felt a sense of safety and security, if they felt more anxious or preoccupied, or they'd land in this avoidant category where there's some discomfort with intimacy there. Mm-hmm. And then there was another round of research around how attachment theory applies to romantic relationships. Mm. So when I first read, I had a mentor when I was first getting started with coaching who recommended this book, Attached, to me, which I highly recommend. Um, And it blew my mind. I just saw like every relationship I ever had, like like described to a T this dynamic. And- Uh It made me feel – it actually was this huge relief to feel like, oh, I'm not crazy and I'm not this needy person and I'm choosing people. So the the kind of trap that can happen and something that's really (laughs) helpful to know your attachment style is the avoidant and the anxious attachers, which are basically opposite styles, Mm -hmm. tend to attract and choose one another and get get into these crazy-making dynamics where – one person, the the avoidant person is like kind of hot and cold, sending some mixed signals, 
we'll get really close. We'll pull away. We'll have time together. We'll go off the grid like this, you know, push and pull. Uh And then the anxious person is getting constantly tricked. They're just triggering the shit out of each other, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. So the anxious (laughs) person is like, is getting so activated. Your nervous system literally is getting activated by the, having that person pull away and the distance and it makes us obsess over them and it makes us kind of do all these wonky things to try to get close again. And then when we get close again, we're hit with this dopamine rush and all this relief and it feels so good. And mm-hmm. we start to learn that that kind of obsessive, unhealthy pattern is passion and love. Got it. And then we just recreate that over and over again in our <laughs> relationships. And then we're bored when someone is available and consistent. And yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, it's like the drama of it all. So so I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts with getting ready for a first date. Sometimes I think we feel the need to really overdo it to, you know, plan the perfect outfit and, you know, make sure it's like the perfect venue and have all these things aligned because in our mind, it's what we see in the movies or on TV. And in actuality, you know, I learning from past experiences, sometimes the best first dates are the ones that are the least planned and the most spontaneous. Mm -hmm. So walk me through your thoughts on, you know, meeting someone for the first time, what that looks like and how you kind of guide, you know, um, people that you're working with through that. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. I just had this memory come up. I'll share really quickly of, um, a first date where we were supposed to be meeting at a bar and kind of like a swanky speakeasy bar. And he called me right as he parked and he's like, you won't believe this. I forgot my wallet, which has my ID. So I can't even get into this bar. And so we ended up going into a grocery store and buying, uh, we each bought a a beer, like a tall boy Uh and some plastic cups and just taking a walk around the neighborhood drinking plastic (laughs) cups. And it was so fun. It was like the best date. Oh my gosh. You probably thought you were so cool too. I mean, I love that. That is, I mean, you were on your feet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yes to it, not being perfect. I think the, all of it from first date through dating, through relationships, all of it, we have these ridiculous expectations Mm -hmm. of ourselves, of each other, um, of how the whole thing looks to be perfect. And it's going to be messy. And, and right. if we can embrace that, right? So from the from the get go, but I think it's mm-hmm. hard because you know um, we are such a society that is addicted to the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, like all these online dating shows, and we're given this picture of you know what romance looks like, and you know they're whisking them off to other countries, and you know there's rose petals and champagne everywhere, and you know you see that and it's kind of like when you're young and you know growing up and wanting the kind of like fairy tale love story but then realizing that you know that could be in so many different ways shapes or form you know yeah totally and that's why i think it's it's really important to get clear on what actually what are what do you actually want out of a relationship what would fulfill fulfillment look like for you in a relationship you know i've had I had a relationship that from the outside looked pretty picture perfect. I mean, we Mm -hmm. were literally a couple of months before we broke up, I had posted some picture on Instagram of they got home from work late and he had made chocolate covered strawberries. And I posted this picture Mm -hmm. and it like looked so sweet and it it was a sweet moment, but I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel deeply connected. I didn't feel like I could be my full self with this person. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you can either create the image of this uh-huh. fairy tale thing and 
if that's what you think is truly going to make you happy, by all means. But I think most of us who've attempted that have learned, and certainly the women that I work with are looking for something so much more real. And we actually right. want to be able to be messy and we want to be able to be mm-hmm. quirky. And we want to, for me, part of the fun of a relationship is like working through the uncomfortable stuff. Oh, or, really? Or, it really is. It really, and, and, and that's maybe that's an intentional perspective that I chose to take at some point because that stuff's going to be there regardless. So we may as well not decide that that makes right. that, that it's bad. But yeah, so when it comes to preparing for a first date, of course we want to feel our best. So mm-hmm. no, no shame in if you enjoy getting a little bit dolled up, playing music while you, while you do so great. And I had a client I was talking to the other week And she was like, reflecting on just this, she was like, it's so wild. Before we started working together, she was like, I'd literally get a blowout every time I was going on a first date. Because I I just, and and she knew that it came from a place of insecurity. It's not that she just loved getting that done and felt so empowered around it. If so, great. If you have the budget for it, great. Mm -hmm. But she just knew, she was like, I was trying so hard. The whole day would be preparing for this date and the anxiety that would come with that. And then the disappointment if the person isn't a fit or, Mm -hmm. right, the rejection. Yeah, or, Mm -hmm. you know, if he doesn't show up or he cancels and he goes through all that because I have had that happen and I will never forget. The last time I was supposed to go on a date and he canceled last minute, I, you know, I had been running around all day, working, you know, went to the gym and all of this. And and the only reason why I was going to like shower, do my hair and makeup was for this date. And I did. And then I was so bummed that I put forth all that effort. And I, I my, my gay husband was like, Erin, you wear makeup for you and you don't need it. So n- never put on makeup for a man again. And I was like, Okay, you're right. Like I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cuz I can I can go either way, but like I didn't need to go through this whole dog and pony show. Like I just needed to show up and just be me and I felt the need to, you know, kind of embellish or whatnot. And maybe that mm-hmm. is an insecurity. Well, I think the theme here that we're really hitting on is it comes down to the intention or mm-hmm. where where are the choices coming from, right? There's nothing wrong makeup no makeup, heels no heels whatever. It it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong here. It's really about what feels good for me, what feels empowering, Mm -hmm. what I actually enjoy. I put on Lizzo, I put on a silky (laughs) robe and I spend not hours by any means, but you know, I take a bubble bath, which is something I do anyway, because it's the best part of my day. And (laughs) I love putting on a little bit makeup. I love putting on mascara. I love putting on some hoop earrings. It, you know, it makes me feel sexy and fun and and worse comes to worse, if I had someone cancel at the last minute, it, it then it's really comes to our mindset of being like, okay, I wasn't just doing this for this person. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that time I spent with myself. And maybe I now spontaneously go out and get a drink by myself or see if a girlfriend is free to meet up or not. Yeah. Right? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. But, but no, I know, love that. I love that. And I think that's a great mindset. And I think that also goes back to like being resilient and just, you know, not letting it bother you. And I think some days, you know, you feel stronger than others. And it, and it's funny because dating is a very interesting thing, right? Like it depends how you're meeting these people and how much trust and faith you have in them. Like if you're meeting them on apps, like I don't always feel 100% about 
is the person going to show up? And maybe that's on me for not qualifying or, you know, you you shared your story of a first date. You had his number. It sounds like maybe you've spoken to him before on the phone because you felt comfortable or he felt comfortable letting you know, hey, I left my wallet. So mm-hmm. maybe the before the date also needs to be a little bit better qualified. Yeah, qualified, connected. Totally. I, I think we can absolutely have a phone call or have a a quick FaceTime. Hello. I do that sometimes. Um, do you? Like do yeah. you with warning or do you just on a whim? Oh, with warning. I would never, <laughs> I would never FaceTime someone out of the blue because if someone FaceTime me out of the blue, I'd be horrified. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say sometimes if I'm chatting with someone and they're like, invite me to go out and let's say we just haven't been talking very long or I don't have a clear sense of them or I have a busy week and I I know I have finite time, which we all do. I'll say, you know, it's been fun chatting with you. I'm trying something here. Would you be up for a quick five-minute FaceTime chat? Uh-huh. And nine times out of 10, I think I had one person not respond. And nine times out of 10 people are like, whoa, that's different and I love it. Yeah, let's – right? Because my thing is anyone who I am genuinely interested in connecting with at this point in my life – is someone who's who would be open to touching base ahead of time, whether that's FaceTime or a phone call or, yeah, like someone who's going to take this seriously enough that they're not going to – it's actually – I think it's been years since I've had someone cancel at the last minute or not show up. And I do think a lot of it comes from our mindset, how we are choosing to show up for our dating lives. Yeah, and then just seeing like, is there a vibe here? Do I feel a – some comfort level with this person where I, there is some some sense sure. of so what are your thoughts on subject matter on the first date if you haven't spent a lot of time talking are you thinking that there should be some guidelines around you know those topics that they used to say we're not supposed to you know chat about religion politics that type of thing or are you kind of like if the conversation is flowing and it goes that way then in jump on the train and (laughs) see where it takes you. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely am closer to the latter. (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't love things being off limits, especially for those of us who feel like our political views or religious or spiritual perspectives or whatever is really core to who we are and to what we're Mm -hmm. looking for. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with touching on it. I would say, you know, we just want to be cautious that we're not getting kind of in too deep, especially with heavier stuff. Even if that's, I I don't mind briefly touching on the past if it comes up. I've had people ask, you know, oh, when was your like last exes or, mm-hmm. To me, it's fine to touch on those things. It's just use your best judgment of we're not going to sit here with a stranger and bring out all of our trauma yeah. and, you know, <laughs> all the skeletons. About yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to be really careful that we're not kind of going in a negative direction. It's fine to say like, yeah, this was, it was hard to get through this. And I, and I learned a lot from it and I'm so right. And yeah, kind of same thing with if we're, even if you agree on politics in this climate, it, it can be very easy then to get into a vent fest about, right? right? True. Um, yes. And and that might feel good in the moment because it feels like we're connecting. But really when we're connecting over something that's negative, it leaves people with kind of that association mm, of the date mm-hmm. rather than like a lightness. And a, and it's, it's also not really about us. It's like, sure, we can touch on that. That's our viewpoint. But I personally, I'm more interested in learning about that 
person and who they are and their day to day and things like that. And, and that's also what I would rather share of myself. Right. So what, what is your take on, you know, apps and do you think you should have multiple? Do you think like, you know, find one that you identify with the most or you find the most success on? And I'm not even sure how you define success. I mean, I guess success would be actually getting to a physical, you know, meetup. But yeah, what what is your take on apps? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all for using apps and not exclusively using apps as the only place mm-hmm. that we're meeting people. I think it I think we can use them as a crutch. It's so convenient, it's so easy. We can swipe when we're board. This again Mm -hmm. comes back to intention, right? It's like if you're going to use an app, which there's no reason not to, it's just another platform for connecting with people. Um, And especially depending on your city and your lifestyle, some of us are not, we just don't have as many built-in opportunities to be meeting meeting people who would be interested in out in the world. We, of course, want to carve out those opportunities. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, if you're using apps, I really do recommend using one two apps max at a time. We need to be careful that we're not spreading ourselves so thin that we are, again, getting burnt out because we're swiping away for hours or alternating back and forth between Mm -hmm. all these apps. And it just gets really exhausting and really draining. And then we delete them all. And then we like it's the whole like binge and then (laughs) right, right. right, Yeah. So yeah, find an app that feels appealing to you for whatever reason. And you can change it up. You don't have to be a loyal, whatever, one-app user for the rest of your life. And just kind of think intentionally about, okay, how long do I want to spend on here on any given day? I do recommend showing up on there fairly consistently, not like swiping and then you neglect it for five days and then you've missed people who've messaged you or you're Mm -hmm. not proactively reaching out to anyone. You're just swiping. We really want to make sure if I'm using this app, I'm going to use it. I'm going to show up on it. I'm going to reach out when I'm interested in someone, I'm going to bring the lightness or the humor or the, you know, create whatever dynamic I want to create. And then inviting people to get off the app, to (laughs) connect offline. So we're not getting stuck in pen pal territory or having all of these you know, conversations that aren't going anywhere and then getting frustrated. And, off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for an app like Bumble, where the woman is supposed to reach out first, do you have some tips or pointers as to like good openers? Do you suggest that you use the, you know, prompted ones that they offer? Or do you suggest making it a little bit more tailored? The more personal, the better. So I say always start with a person's name. I just Mm -hmm. find even if the message after that ends up feeling kind of generic, when someone messages me and they're like, Evan, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, you didn't just, you didn't just (laughs) copy paste that. That's me. Um, So I always use names and then, yeah, best, best practice is to refer to something from their profile, something that stood out to you or ask them a particular questions are great um, rather than just saying something and then they have to come up with like asking a question is a really helpful way to engage someone. Or you could just have a question that's humorous to you or interesting to you. You know, I'm searching for the best karaoke bar in my city. Do you know any? Or I really feel like we get so hung up on, and and something honestly that, to go on a tiny rant here, bothers me (laughs) at times about the dating or love coaching industry is I see a lot of content that's like, the specific pickup lines to use or the tricks mm-hmm. to get him to commit or whatever. And 
it's really so much more about our energy, where we're coming from, how we're feeling. If we're doing this from a place of stress, from a place of scarcity, from a place Mm -hmm. of anxiety, from a place of like already dreading it, already assuming these people are going to suck, whatever it is, you're creating that experience for yourself. Mm -hmm. That becomes your reality. Totally. I think that's also true for in-person meetups. You know, if you go out and your energy isn't there and you're not upbeat and open and approachable, then you're going to, you know, not necessarily meet anybody either because you're kind of projecting. Whereas if you do show up and you're just kind of, you know, out to have a good time and everything's light and airy and you'll be pleasantly surprised at how many people do come up or say hello or somebody send you a drink and it's like, oh, kind of all goes together. (laughs) Totally. Well, and that's where to to circle back to our conversation about preparing yourself pre-date, right? Mm Pre-date ritual or routine, or it doesn't have to be date. It can be pre- going out pre putting yourself sure. out there in any in any setting it's really less about physically preparing yourself and more about checking in with your mindset mm-hmm. right looking at like okay where am i holding on to some negativity or some uh, assumptions or expectations or old stories or insecurities about myself uh, looking at our energy am i feeling open looking at our posture am i contracted yeah. and closed right am i like frantically firing off work emails until the second I walk out the door, doing that on my phone in the Lyft over there, Uber over there. Uh Um, Am I in my head? A a really amazing, simple, fun practice is just to play music and dance, like move, get into our bodies. Easiest way Uh to get out of our heads, get into our bodies, right? So that really is taking responsibility for the energy, the mindset, the heart set, how we are showing up. And Mm -hmm. just knowing that's what that's what creates our reality. That's what makes us magnetic or not. That's what makes us able to connect with people or not. It's not our weight. It's not (laughs) our hair being like perfectly clean. It's Mm -hmm. not uh, whatever, whatever these external things are that we stress about. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm glad you went on a rant about that. Great. <laughs> I think it needed to be heard. I think it needed to be heard. Um, no, that's no, that's perfect. That's that's great advice. So I'm also guessing with that that you probably think it's unnecessary for somebody to well, maybe unnecessary isn't the right word. It would it, it's more specific, but to utilize something like a matchmaker making service. Um, I think matchmakers can be great. I actually have a client whose wedding I'm going to in a few weeks who who met her uh, soon-to-be husband through a matchmaker. However, okay. however, that is after and she she wisely knew that she was not ready for the matchmaker because she got that for most of us who if you've been out there dating for years or not dating, hiding from mm-hmm. dating for years, whichever, and you're feeling stuck in your love life, it's very, very, very rarely the case that the issue is just that the right person hasn't shown up in front of you and that you've like mm-hmm. fully put yourself out there for years and years or whatever it is. Especially if you're if you're putting a kind of time pressure on yourself of like this needs to happen by, you know, a certain date right. or whatever. So what this client did wisely is she reached out to me and said, Okay, first I want to work with you and and heal my insecurities Mm -hmm. and get closure around my past relationships and get really clear on what my deal breakers are and what my core values are and what I actually need in a partner because I keep choosing people 
where I'm then not fulfilled or where there's a mismatch. And I want to learn how to create more connected dates. And I want to learn how to be more empowered with intimacy and saying what I want, what I need and setting healthy boundaries and all these things, right? So we first did that internal work. And then we actually got her dating using an app and creating some opportunities to meet people out in the world. And she was showing up on dates, feeling so much more confident, knowing how to shift into her feminine energy. She dated a few people for you know brief periods of time and learned a lot from those experiences and worked on her mindset, all the things. And then she got to a point where she was like, okay, I'm really wanting to find my person and start a family within the next year or two. She was just mm-hmm. at that point and she has a really crazy busy life and she has the budget to hire a, a matchmaker. And she said, now I want to try this other avenue of meeting people. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. And sure enough, it she met someone and the really cool thing, we we started working together again I supported her in that relationship. And she said to me recently, I would have 100% sabotaged the relationship, (sighs) even if that same, you know, the matchmaker handed me that man. Yeah, the perfect guy. Yeah. Yeah, Uh 100%. She said, there's zero chance that I wouldn't have either run from it because there were things I thought were deal breakers that actually weren't. I just was so not clear mm-hmm. on my on my core values and my must-haves. I know that I wouldn't have shown up authentically with him, so I would have always felt not totally myself and unseen and all these things we think other people make us feel that actually are, right? right? Come within from within. Here. Mm-hmm. And then her communication, she's taught him, and this is what we have to do uh, with all the people in our lives, not just romantically. She's taught him how to treat her and how to love her. How she receives love, how she gives love, how she, right? Like what her triggers are. They've had really, at times, uncomfortable conversations. At first, their timelines felt really off and they've worked Mm -hmm. through so much. And, you know, the reason that she is engaged, getting married only a a year-ish after meeting him is not just because a matchmaker put him in front of her. Right, right. No, I love that story, but it's so true. I think it all starts from within and making sure that you're ready for that. And that can be look so many different ways. I mean, depending on your past experiences and where you are in life and how you feel about yourself. And mm-hmm. you have to put forth that hard work and and the effort. And that's that's fantastic. I mean, that's a great story, a great story of hope and just cool that it, you know, panned out that way. And yeah, and she, she got it at the end. You know, that's, that's amazing. Well, if somebody wants to work with you, um, how can they contact you and what type of services do you provide? Yeah. So the, the foundation of my business is this intimate group coaching program called Love Life Transformation. So it's no more than 12 women in a group. I only run it three times a year and I'm working very closely with those women and they're also supporting each other through this whole inside out journey, really working Mm -hmm. on self-relationship, mindset, energy, our approach to dating and relationship skills. So Love Life Transformation, that is my absolute favorite thing that I offer 
the program page to learn more about that program is evanrosecoaching.com slash LLT for Love Life Transformation. I do offer one-on-one coaching if that is the better fit for someone that I Mm -hmm. connect with, but I just, I, I cannot overstate the value of having a community of women to take this journey with. And then the, the other really exciting thing that I just launched is this free video workshop, on-demand video Ooh. workshop. Yeah. So this is really a great way to start seeing, it, it essentially takes you through connecting to your desires, what you really want looking at your blind spots. So those are Mm. the common blocks and self-sabotaging patterns that I see uh, over and over. And then making a commitment to yourself to actually put this awareness into into practice and break through your comfort zone. So you can start receiving the love and creating the love life experiences that you want. So that workshop is totally free. I also at the end will share all the details of the Love Life Transformation program and invite you to apply and all that good stuff. So that link is bit.ly, so bit.ly slash love life workshop. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. That check sounds out. great. Yeah. yeah. Course, I love it. You know, Instagram, Evan Rose, all, all the things. All the things. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm accessible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've enjoyed following you and I've enjoyed learning from you because I think you're a wealth of knowledge and it's really nice too. So I've heard on the contrary, sometimes people will say, well, you know, why would I go to a dating coach or a relationship coach that isn't in a relationship? And it's like, well, at one point in time, that person wasn't in a relationship either. Right. But it's, it's also comforting to know like, you are dealing with the same things that we're dealing with. Um, you know, and you, pro- I think I'm a little bit older than you, but, you know, the perspective and the experience, it, I don't think age or relationship status defines that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I love what you're doing. I'm excited for my listeners to, to hear this message. And I hope they do check out your website. I mean, I'm going to go and take this online course. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. I I love all that. And um, I actually think it's perfect. I just want to kind of wrap by saying it's, yes, all of this work is about getting you on your path to that ultimate relationship, if that's your deepest desire. And, And personally, I am so trusting and excitedly on that path. And it's about so much more than just this destination of the person, right? Mm -hmm. It's really about getting empowered, loving yourself unconditionally, feeling this sense of worthiness that I know for me was such a struggle for so many years, Mm -hmm. feeling proud of how you're showing up, creating deeper connection in all of your friendships, letting go of time pressure and anxiety. It's like, you know, the, the, the real work is so much more comprehensive and life-changing than, you know, find a, find a partner, any partner. Right, right. Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, nobody's going to complete you like that Jerry Maguire Mm -hmm. movie. That's not true. (laughs) You know, you complete yourself. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, thank you, Evan. I really appreciate it. It was so nice meeting you. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing, you know, your story. And I just, I I don't think this is going to be the last that I've talked to you. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Yeah. This was so fun. Thanks for having me, Erin. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning into your Such a Catch. I know sometimes when we learn new info, we want to test it out ASAP. And if you're like me, when you have the extra time (laughs) or the time, I'd love to be putting all of this to good use and be out there kissing frogs and making babies. Wait, (laughs) that's not the same. 
but you get my point. Let's not get discouraged. Let's do our part. Let's stay at home. Let's social distance, but let's still socialize. Let's stack our day card for when the shelter in place mandate is called off and when we're free to move about the country again. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your cares, your concerns. Hit me up at Erin at YourSuchACatch.com. Did you like what you heard today? Please drop me a rate or review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you tune in on. And if you have any topics you'd like covered on the pod, I'm all ears. All right, stay in, stay safe, take care, and I'll chat with you next week.